Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. Excellence in the endless pursuit. We are Infinity X for this Tuesday, December 21st, and a happy early Christmas to everybody and happy, happy holidays. Tonight, we are joined by a family legacy, uh, a mega power. We have, uh, we have Marcus Ogden. It's Marcus, correct? Marcus? That's correct, David. Marcus, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the Infinity X stage. How are you this evening, my friend? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Thank you so very much for joining us. Um, <clears throat> again, reminder, folks, if you have a question or a comment for Marcus, you can please put it into the chat. And replay is available at weareinfinityx.com and on We Are Infinity X YouTube. And so um, I am joined this evening again, folks, by uh, Marcus Ogden, um, former NFL football player, um, you know, family, uh, family royalty in the, uh, in the NFL, keynote speaker, trainer, coach, um, uh, just an incredible, incredible journey. So, um, Marcus, how are you doing this holiday season, man? Doing well. It is a lovely Tuesday, and uh, you're my last call of the day, so I'm excited just to, you know, share some knowledge with your audience and give value and help as many people as we can. I love it. I love it. And in time integrity, I know you only have about 30, 35 minutes with us this evening, my friend. So let's get right into it. So, uh, Marcus, if you could share with uh, share with the audience a little bit about uh, a little bit about your background growing up and your journey uh, to the uh, to the NFL. Yeah, so I'm originally from Washington, D.C., David. I went to St. John's College High School, the same high school that Kevin Plank, who went, who owns Under Armour, or well, founded yeah. Under Armour, went to. From there, I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C., where my father played football. I was a bison. I got a full scholarship. That was my only, David, full scholarship offer. Got the offer, and then from there, played uh, five years, four years, started at right tackle and uh, left tackle. I ended up getting drafted to the National Football League when my real, what I wanted to do today was be an investment banker and work on Wall Street. That was my end goal. I had a degree in finance, business finance to be more exact. And I worked on, um, for Merrill Lynch in Washington, D.C. on 20K, uh, interning, loved it. But the NFL had other plans for my life. And I was drafted <laughs> to the National Football League. Again, I'm the only David offensive lineman ever drafted from Howard University to the National wow. Football League. Wow. Unbelievable. Incredible. Wow. And so um, I, I grew up in, in my business, um, you know, financial services. I grew up at Smith Barney and then UBS uh, as well, right? So um, we had a little bit of... so. Tell me a little bit about what the decision, you know, what the decision was like when you, you kind of went against the grain of what was internally inside of you to go towards investment banking, financial advisory, working with Merrill to, to, to moving into professional football. Well, you know, a lot of the similarities around teamwork, culture, enhancement, getting mentored, uh, like I did, my boss did a great job mentoring me. I was able to get help from other veterans in the National Football League, which was great for me as well. And a lot of things that I did were a lot of synonymous acts, like again, team culture, team development, 
working on your craft, putting in time, studying. And the only difference was is, of course, in corporate America, you use a suit and a pen as your as your armor. And then the NFL is pads, helmet, sh uh, shoulder pads, and it's a lot more physical and uh, on your body. So a lot of the same similarities around mindset, strategy, tactical execution. But again, in corporate America, you're doing more uh, your mind's being utilized, whereas in National Football League, your body is what is your main tool or your main weapon or arsenal to get your job done. Sure. And Marcus, you know, I always hear, um, <clears throat> uh, we, we had an opportunity to have Chris Gronkowski on our show not long ago. And um, I asked him the same question that I'll ask you. What is your opinion about the financial literacy that is being provided to professional athletes? So it's interesting. Chris came on our podcast as well, the Levin Marcus show. Great guy, great interview. Yep. And for me, it's getting better. Now, when I was playing, we didn't have the NFL Trust, uh, NFL Pay Retired Players Association, NFL Legends. We didn't have any of that. So for players today, there's the trust, there's the legends, there is access to all types of professional and personal development tool sets, and it's getting better. And here's the thing, right, Dave? It doesn't matter how great information is that's available to you if you don't go and use it. Use it. So yeah. you have yeah. to go and use that. Tell, because uh, I, I do some work with the Buffalo Bills as a speaker. I work with them I work with them for several years. Some of their incoming rookies like Tredavious White, yeah. Josh Allen, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Deion Dawkins. And it's great to see the young men that I was able to talk to as they were all incoming rookies in their, certain, in their uh, respective years, now doing great in the National Football League. But what I'm most impressed about Buffalo is they haven't had any off the field issues. There's been no mm. issues with uh, any type of uh, impropriety, any type of uh, personal development issues, no types of scandals. And I'm very proud of that because I told all those young men, I'm very proud of you playing, being a professional athlete with the National Football with the Buffalo Bills, but I'm more proud of what you're going to do off the field in the community and creating what I call your legacy with your respective franchise, the Buffalo Bills. So, but I really believe at my heart, babe, it's getting better, but I just wish more guys would utilize the financial literacy aspects that are available to them. What do you think prevents them from doing that, Marcus? Yeah, it could be a couple different things. It could be lack of time or so they feel trying to make a football team, which I get in some respects, sure. but you also have your own time for yourself. And then really, Dave, what I feel it really comes down to is that they just trust their financial advisors. They trust their team members. And you need to have trust in people. Yes, but not blind trust. And I feel that's a real big issue is that when guys are just blindly trusting people and not watching their six or watching their assets, I feel that's going to get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, um, we're, we're a one, you know, we're a one-stop shop financial wellness center here at Epic. You know, we have two subdivisions. We have Epic financial, um, excuse, Epic wealth management, which is our fiduciary division in Epic insurance services. And I have been fortunate enough to work with some professional athletes over the years, particularly in the NHL. And, um, I I've seen that, you know, where you have, uh, young men and young women as well, who, um, have been focused very, very specifically on one thing. And, you know, I mean, I, 
coming into financial services came from a background where there was no guidance whatsoever on anything financial literacy wise. And I wasn't anywhere near to the degree the athlete and or focused on something specific like they were going, you know, growing up uh, where it's literally the only thing that they know. And so that level of blind faith in what they're putting, you know, they're putting their, you know, their future into into the into the hands of the trusted advisor, right? And uh, have you have you seen instances where that unfortunate blind faith, um, you know, works against somebody? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of guys have gotten caught in Ponzi schemes. Uh, I know a player who played for the Bears for twelve years and got caught up in a really bad. Ponzi scheme where his financial plan was using his money to go out and try to get land deals and he was over leveraging stuff and he was literally just, you know, utilizing, you know, other people's assets to buy up stuff. And then, of course, he was not able to sustain. He was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And eventually, you know, clients started catching on with him. I'm $100,000 short. Oh, I'm $50,000 short. And like, yeah. It just came and just, you know, it just starts to add up and add up. And, you know, that's happened to guys. And there was another guy, uh, there's these many guys, excuse me, that was taken advantage by this one financial planner. And this guy was literally just taking guys' money. He was just basically, you know, same thing. They would give him power of attorney and they would take care of doing stuff, pay their bills. But then again, they would either overpay the bills and then pay themselves extra or not pay the bills and pay themselves directly. And, you know, it's really sad, but when people are desperate, I feel they start to make decisions that are very detrimental and could be very just chaotic causing to people that they do those horrible things to. So Absolutely, Dave. I've seen a lot of that uh, in the National Football League. Some of the guys I played with, some guys that retired, they just were taken advantage of by people that they trusted, and they end up with absolutely nothing to show for it. God, you know, and you know, they always say, "What are the two emotions that push financial decision making? Are fear and greed, right?" You know, and you see so often when people get into those desperate, you know, desperate positions that they make non-integrity-based either recommendations or decisions, and it hurts a lot of people. You know, I, um, I am unbelievably grateful that there are un there are high integrity good humans like you that are making the impact that they are on these people that um you know really really deserve it you know they put their their lives you know i mean when you think about it as an nfl player you're putting your life on the line uh -huh. each and every single day forget about just sunday each and every single day and i know this is not news to you but i think it's so easy for us to sit at home on our television sets and you know you know sunday afternoon quarterback or armchair quarterback and we have no idea the blood sweat and tears uh that goes into um a career in that and you know marcus going back to you your experience in the nfl um, you know, I mean, obviously there's always going to, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, but what was it like for you, um, as a player? So for me as a player, it was really a lot of fun, but like you said, it's a lot of hard work, you know, being offensive linemen, having to work with your other four teammates and sometimes five or six, if you had tight ends that were going to be in uh, formation with you or running backs that were going to be into block. It's a lot of coordination. It's a lot of thought process. It's a lot of trust in your teammates beside you, because if you're going to block a certain guy and you have a certain scheme up and the guy beside you is not on the same page as mm -hmm. you and you make a mistake, somebody's getting hurt. 
quarterback, running back, someone. So it's a lot of just personal trust that you have to have with people. It's a lot of coordination, a lot of, you know, synchronizing movements and schemes and schematics. And it's just like in corporate America, when you're on a team, you have to have an alignment around a unified vision. Otherwise, that organization is not going to thrive and sustain. And unfortunately, Dave, we've seen a lot of that with this whole COVID situation. I think I saw about 100,000 businesses closed permanently throughout the COVID situation. And right now, I think it's like 45% of Americans are afraid they're going to lose their home in the next six to 12 months because they cannot afford to pay for stuff with inflation going up, value of the dollar going down. You know, people saying, well, you're you're making more money. Uh, Minimum wage is gone, which it has, which is great. But if inflation goes up, you know, 30% and you only get like a 10% pay increase negative 20%. What right. So Absolutely. this is a lot of moving parts. So honestly, for me, football was phenomenal. It taught me a lot about business, a lot about life, but yes, absolutely, Dave, without a doubt, it's a ton of hard work. We are Infinity X sharing a stage with Marcus Ogden, human excellence, former NFL player, and now frontline personality coach, um, a keynote speaker, um, just mega power. And for all you entrepreneurs out there, if you didn't listen to his message just now about the importance of the sum of the parts of the team that is around you, you need to stop, hit rewind and watch this again. Because <clears throat> to Marcus's point, folks, right? What you see on the television set on Sunday is hours and hours and hours and hours of preparation of uh, of study of of uh, and, and and of trust right in business they say hire slow and fire fast right you know and and you you must you must surround yourself with the individuals that are going to do specific things in your business that maybe you could do maybe you can't do but you don't have the time to do but you have to have the trust in them that it's going to take place um hey marcus before we go into your post nfl career we do have a question that came into the chat from parker russo the question is can you talk about how you built the construction company the struggle of the bad business deal and how you bounced back tremendously i and i personally am dying to hear this as well marcus so when i got the national football league for about six months i struggled with transition immensely i was addicted to alcohol i was addicted to painkillers nightlife gambling anything bad i was defiling my body and on top of that i just lost my father about a year and a half earlier so my world was really in shambles and after about six months i put the bottle down finally and i said if i don't put this bottle down my father's legacy will be destroyed because i will no longer be here and he's already gone So I cleaned myself up, started a construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises. I named it after my niece and my nephew. I have a nephew named Jaden and a niece named Kaylee. That's great. I love that. And we started out as a small concrete contractor and things were going phenomenal. We were doing great business. We were growing nicely. And one of my mentors, who was the king of dirt work minority in the city of Baltimore, actually went out of business, made some bad decisions, and he was out. There was a huge void and a gap left when he was out of business. So when we decided to get into dirt work utilities and then 
we grew rapidly between 2010 and 2012. Mm. We get, got to almost up to a $15 million a year company from like 4 million in like two years because we were certified with the city of Baltimore, state of Maryland, uh, DC, Virginia, and PA as a minority. We could bond the jobs. We could invest in technology and sure, got huge. needed. And I was a really good servant leader through that time. And unfortunately, when I won an award as the African-American subcontractor of the year for the state in my area of site work, wow. my head got really big. I got really ego driven. I got really just maniacal. And I was all about what I call the external motivating factors, money, fame, notoriety, and when my best people could not share their thoughts, have open dialogue, discussion, and I was not able to pivot to learn how to deal with success. I have a quote, if you don't handle success, success will handle you. Oh, I love that one. And it Folks, handled, if you don't handle success, success will handle you. That is good. And it handled me. And I ended up losing my best people that along with a really bad job, Dave, in 2012 summer, which came, I spent about $3 million of my money unexpectedly uh, in the fall, winter of 2012. And then when my change order work was denied by the developer and the contractor in February, it was uh, January, February of 2013, that was it for me. All of my money was gone into that hole. I tried to save my company. And I lost it all. I had to file a chapter seven complete bankruptcy. Home foreclosed on, both cars repossessed in the same day. I literally had absolutely nothing left. And I ended up moving down to Raleigh with just $400 to my name. And I had to start my life completely over after filing a major chapter seven bankruptcy. I had 177 creditors. I had about five and a half million dollars of debt I had to try to wipe out. And I was so poor, Dave and Parker, that I could only pay installments. I had a $3,300 charge fee to pay my attorney to start the bankruptcy. I was so broke and destitute. I would pay $300 here, $200 there, $500 here, because I was fired from two jobs in the same week when I got here. And all I was doing was just basically coaching kids football to make a buck. And I took another job as a part-time custodian in September, 2013, making $8.25 an hour. So I was able to finally get enough money together it took me almost to the end of 2013 to completely give my bankruptcy attorney the $3,300 that was necessary to file to protect me from $5.5 million of debt. Holy mackerel, Marcus. And, you know, um, <laughs> God, I can, I can identify with... Um, with challenge and, and, and struggle. I, 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 I can remember a time when, um, you know, I was trying to get my business up off the ground when, uh, you know, I went into target to get groceries and I was just praying that the overdraft feature on my card would work, you know? And, uh, I remember when it didn't work, you know, I remember oh, I how that felt. Days. Oh, I, remember yeah. the, I remember when my, my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife went to the store 
Uh, it was a giant food store up in the, in the Baltimore area. And she called me, the credit card wasn't working. But I gave her, she tried another card that wasn't working. And I had to scramble and try to just move money from one account to the other just to pay $100 for the grocery store. I remember my stepdaughter, who's now will be 18 in uh, January, she had just turned nine. And because I said my, my, uh, my wife and I were still dating, so she had just turned nine. And for her birthday, all we could afford was one box of pizza, $5 and a cake and some soda i think it cost about 20 bucks total yeah. and i don't even remember what we got her for a gift it was something very very small i mean this wasn't we didn't have much of anything and i remember what it was like you know going places and the cards not working i remember going places and the credit cards were just basically saying no the credit cards maxed out uh you know all these different types of things i remember exactly what those days were like, which is why my first book was called Sleepless Nights because mm. I, I had sleepless nights between April 2013 and probably till about maybe, I'll say probably about March or April of the following year. Brother, um, I'd love to connect with you offline because you have, you're telling my story. I'm in a different chapter in a different capacity, but um, it's, you're hitting my heart in so many different ways. And now let me ask you a question because sure. there's, there's two choices, right? When you're at a crossroads like that, you have one choice, right? The choice A is I'm going to take the high road. I'm just going to give up, you know, and, you know, and live whatever life that is in front of me right now, call it mediocrity, call it despair, whatever the case may be, or we persevere. You are a perseverance. You have perseverance written all over you. What did you do to persevere and what did you do to pivot? And when was that pain point so wow. great that you, that you took the action to accelerate the way that you have? So when I had, uh, I was working as a custodian, like eight twenty five dollars an hour, like I said a moment ago, yep. and I thought that was rock bottom. And life has a funny way of showing you what rock bottom really is. So I was working as a custodian and I was taking out the trash about 4.30, 4.45 in the morning. I worked from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. the graveyard shift, yep. you know, cleaning up office buildings and different parts, you know, mixed use and properties, you know, the overnight shift. And I'll never forget, I was trying to throw some trash in the trash can behind one of the buildings, you know, in Raleigh, downtown. It was so pitch black outside, I could barely see. Went to throw the trash in the trash can, but because it was so dark, Dave, I couldn't see the rip on the front side of the bag. Went to throw the trash in the trash can and all of that nasty, protruding garbage, horrible, spoiled milk, just nasty, everything, stinking garbage, got over my body, my skin, my clothes. So I cleaned myself up the best way I could, sat down with my head in my hands on the curb right by that trash can. I actually have a photo reenactment that I use in my keynote speeches. Wow. I put my head in my hands, I started to cry. And I said, what was missing from my life was accountability, being real, and taking ownership of the mistakes that I made in my life. I have a saying when I do talks about, you know, inspiration, how to kind of come back from stuff. If you make a mistake, own it, fix it, move on. Mm. Plain and simple. Own it, fix it, move on. So I ended up coming home at my broken down flimsy table, and I wrote down my three biggest strengths. I'm a good communicator. I'm a good storyteller. I want to help people. I said, hmm, let's be a speaker. Kyle, I was listening to podcasts at that time. I said, oh, there's this guy 
Tony Hobbins, Anthony Bobbins. No, 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 no. Tony <laughs> Robbins. That's, yes, sir. Yes. That's him. He was a custodian. <laughs> He's turned his life around. That's going to be me. Let's go for it. So I started September 2013. Not one paid job for two and a half years. All my work was free or not at all. Got my first paid job April 2016 with Miller Mott College in Wilmington, North Carolina as their 100th commencement graduation keynote speaker. I was then able to get coached, get better, had ups, downs all around. And now it'll be all, it'll be six years in April since my first paid job. I've worked for over 30 Fortune 500 companies as a speaker. I am a consultant. I am a coach. I am a brand ambassador. I have my own podcast. I'm a three-time best-selling author. And I'm developing online courses and all this type of stuff that I'm doing. But like I tell everybody, I'm the guy literally, what's that? Uh, eight year, a little over eight, like eight years, three months ago, that was down and almost out. I was making $8 an hour. People acted like I was inhuman. They had no idea I was a football player. They had no idea I was in business. You know, it was just insane. And I realized that at that time, if I don't start to get accountability for my life, right, Dave, my life was going to be over. Like it was going to be like, I call it, Dave, the Al Bundy syndrome. We you always talk about what you, I was a great high school football Polk High School, right? <laughs> yeah. I was this, that. Yes. I was that. I was that. And I tell everybody, I did a speaking job for the Ohio State University athletes probably about a month, about probably about six weeks ago in Columbus. I talked to their women's ice hockey team, wrestling team, and their women's and men's track and field team. And I started out the presentation telling them time has no prejudice. Doesn't care if you're black, don't care if you're white, don't care if you're old, don't care if you're young. It doesn't care. It's going to keep moving. So what you have to do is figure out, are you going to take advantage of the time you have or are you going to waste it? Because the time you waste, you can't get back. I was wasting time blaming my partner, the developer, the contractor, everybody in my path but me. If I had not had that rock bottom moment of clarity, when I have woken up, I like to say yes, but I really don't know because I was just in a state of everybody's fault but mine. And I think, though I know, great quote by Walt Disney, sometimes a kick in the teeth is the best thing for you. Mm. It was for me because without that kick in the teeth, right, Dave? Not sure I would have gotten up off that curb and said, Marcus, you need to fix this now or you're going to be here for the rest of your life. It's going to be all your fault. Nobody else's. We are infinity X with maybe one of the most inspirational, uplifting, motivational stories that we have ever shared on this stage. Marcus, you are a mega power brother. And you know, I, we, I, there's so many areas that I could dissect in that. We only have literally one minute left on your, on your time integrity, brother. But um, first and foremost, I would, die to have you back on the program if you would be so kind as to join us again for another full episode that would yeah absolutely that. i would love to do that and uh again like i said i would love to be on for a full episode and tell more talk more about what i do and all that mindset and adjustment but again it's just nice to be around people that have been there and like i said when you, i have another saying when you lose everything 
you learn to appreciate everything. And I lost everything, like absolutely everything. So when clients hire me for work, I'm grateful. When I get paid for something, I'm grateful. When people say, Marcus, you're an amazing speaker, I'm grateful. Because I remember, and I told myself this, right, Dave? If I can ever get back to a point where people will listen to what I have to say, because I fixed myself and I've been accountable and I have owned my demons, I've moved forward, I'm going to do the best I can with the time I have left to help as many people as I can. Life is short, but life can be longer if you spend it trying to help others. And I feel that's something that a lot of people don't do. You're out for yourself. Problem with that is that's a shallow filled life. When you help others, you end up helping yourself at the same time. That's my motto. This is Marcus Ogden and we are Infinity X. The replay on weareinfinityx.com. We are Infinity X YouTube and we are Infinity X podcast, which you can find on Spotify and all the other uh, all the other channels that are out there. I don't even know. I can't keep up with all of them. But, you know, um, Marcus, um, you know, the story of inspiration, this story of inspiration going into the holidays is something that I think that everybody needed to hear. And quite frankly, it's something that I needed to hear. And I can't thank you enough. And um, one thing that I did key in on is you mentioned Tony Robbins. And um, we at our firm have been so unbelievably blessed and fortunate to be part of the Tony Robbins ecosystem. And that has developed some relationships with influencers, people like yourself, right? But influencers that we are now calling business colleagues and doing really incredible magical things. And so, um, uh, you know, first and foremost, because um, the next time that we have you on the program, we have to go very, very deep into your coaching programs, your public speaking, what you're doing now, how you're managing your business, the things that you learned from, from the construction company, all of those things. I got to peel that onion in a very big oh, way. Oh, absolutely. How do people find you? What are your social handles? What's your website? Put that out there for everybody so everybody can check out this mega power, Marcus Ogden. So you can go to our website, www.marcusmarquesogden.com. You can email me at marcus underscore ogden at yahoo.com or marcus at marcusogden.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden, Facebook, Marcus Ogden, Instagram is at Marcus Ogden, and my Twitter is at Marcus underscore Ogden. And leave your audience with two things. Aristotle about 3,000 years ago said, if you're going to get people to want to do business with you, or basically what he was saying was succeed at sales and or in life, right? Five things you have to do. Character has to shine through. Emotion, people have to feel that you actually care about them and their cause. Reason, why should they work with you? What is the reason? Metaphors, people love stories and they love a comeback hero. That's why we all love Rocky. It's been going on since the 70s. And now here we're on 2020, everybody knows who Rocky is. And five, be concise. Really interesting how Aristotle said that things I believe is three things. If you're going to succeed at sales, build, uh, you have to establish emotion. You have to build trust. You have to provide logic. And then the last thing I'll leave your audience with is this. Learn the power of emotional intelligence. IQ is very important, but EQ is huge. If you don't learn how to EQ and get people to actually understand who you are. And I tell people, do one or two things. 
either be empathetic to people or be compassionate. One or two things. If you've been in a situation, say, I'm very sorry for what you're going through. I'm empathetic to your situation. If you haven't been in their shoes, Mrs. Mr. X, Mrs. Y, I feel for you. I have not been there, but I feel where you're at. And I have an innate human instinct to want the best for you. I'm going to help you the best I can. Salespeople, I feel, I do a lot of speaking on that. It's got hired by the Florida Realtors Association Annual Conference. Oh, fantastic. And so they had like, oh my God, I don't know how many thousands of, of, of submissions. <laughs> I mean, that's the right yeah. place for it geographically, yeah. that's for they sure. Pick, they pick 31 speakers, 30 breakout, and our keynote is Martha Stewart. We'll mm. be speaking at that event, which is super exciting. And I told them, and they, I said, when you're trying to sell somebody, if you don't know how to meet them where they're at or establish an emotional connection with them, you're finished, you're done. And I feel so many people are so focused on the IQ side, they're not focused on the EQ. And competitive advantages are built on your ability to relate to people, to have them like you. Never forget this golden rule. Just like Aristotle said, people do business with who they like. If Aristotle could tell 3,000 years ago that your character was going to be the main functionality of you succeeding at sales and in life, and still that way today, take note, learn to put that into your business. And again, when you're having difficult times, like Aristotle, one of my last quotes by Aristotle, in times of extreme darkness, focus on the light. That's what Aristotle said over 3,000 years ago. And I had a lot of darkness in my life, alcoholism, addiction, passing my father, all that. His legacy was the light I focused on to get from the start point to where I'm at today. And I'm nowhere near my finish line. But because of him and what his legacy meant to me to keep going, that's why I kept going. So again, just want you to understand, EQ is going to be your competitive advantage going to 2022. Learn how to use it. And again, learn how to lead with your character. You have to make sure that you establish emotion provide a reason, share metaphors, and be concise. If you do those five things, like Aristotle said, and it's proven thousands of years later, it's going to be that way to the end of time, you can succeed in sales, you can succeed in life. One of the most powerful messages that we've ever had here on the We Are Infinity X stage, folks, this is Marcus Ogden. It is been an unbelievable blessing, Marcus. In the 35 minutes, I feel like I've lived in your life a lifetime, brother. And I feel like I know you personally and I, I see you in my future, you know? And, um, you know, I, as, you were, as you were sharing there, um, I was, I, and I've shared this a couple of different times, but it just rings so true every time I hear the phrase, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey, I see you, I hear you and what you say matters, right? And, you know, um, I just felt that resonate through your message the, the, the entire evening, the entire conversation. I love what you're up to. I congratulate you on the massive success. And I'm so excited to have you back onto our program again. And um, I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas, brother. Seriously. Merry, very, Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays to everybody. And, I, and please, uh, 
you have my, uh, you know how to find me on LinkedIn, email me, whatever. And I uh, would love to come back and do another segment diving deeper into the coaching, speaking, and helping to add value to your audience so they can have a successful 2022 and beyond. Incredible. We are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence every single week. This is Marcus Ogden. Follow him on the social channels. Everybody, thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. I want to wish everybody from the We Are Infinity X and the Epic Financial Strategies, Strategies family to you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very, very prosperous New Year. May you be led by people like Marcus uh, and me, uh, you know, to be the best of year today's be the worst of year tomorrow's quote <laughs> jay-z right everybody have <laughs> any- <laughs> you know love it man all right but marcus have you're the day. best brother. Hey, have a good one talk to you soon man we'll talk to you soon and everybody we are infinity x signing off we will see you next week on another episode happy tuesday make it a great one thank you for tuning in to another episode of infinity x Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.